the suit and tie, the sense of orderliness and authority they hinted at. And as he did so, the FBI arrived, as he knew they would. For the man's identity, quickly established from his wallet and the federal government identification tag in his inside pocket, was already sending tremors through Washington, D.C. He was, apparently, a senior official of the State Department. Not a diplomat, but an intelligence analyst by the name of Jonathan Munro. And when such people, the holders of security clearances that allowed them into the most secret compartments of this most secretive of cities, took their own lives, all the worst assumptions frothed and bubbled around their cadavers. Was it corruption? Sex? Was he coerced? Compromised? Cuckolded? Was he, God help us all, a spy? Two FBI special agents waited politely to talk to him, and for a moment the examiner looked skyward at the circling birds, felt the sun on his face. Such a death was not uncommon in Washington. The pressure, the secrecy, the sheer viciousness of the place ate away at people. But such a death was rarely uncomplicated. Part 1. The Possible Chapter 1. Beijing. The Recent Past Granny Poon came in dry as a bone this time. She carried no handheld, no tracker, nothing to leak a signal, however faint. She would leave no signature, no spore. She would float through the digital medium like a dust mote in dark, quiet air. She took a bus from the airport. She paid in cash and turned her face from the cameras that monitored her boarding. The bus crawled into the city and she watched the tower blocks creep past. The concrete rendered gold in the late summer sunlight. Bone dry. Alone. That was the way of it, she thought. She looked down at her hands, their liver spots, veins rising from the dry, papery skin. She wondered if this might, perhaps, be the last time. Let's see what this stupid old woman can do. The restaurant was packed with market traders and migrant workers, the air clattering and heavy with grease, the reek of sorghum spirit. They came here for the Shanxi food, the bowls of fatty lamb and shaved noodles. She had come in good time to watch from the scrubby park across the street, sitting still in the warm twilight, clutching a walking stick and her purse. She had made two passes before entering, tottering along the sidewalk in dark glasses, wheezing. Now she occupied a corner table. The waitress smiled at her, called her Ai, Auntie, a sweet girl. She ordered cat's ear noodles heaped with garlic bolts and tomatoes, the broth thick with cumin, laced with black vinegar. The girl caught her accent, the sibilant sing-song of the South, and smiled, tilting her head questioningly. Eileen Poon just nodded. And now Eileen waited and watched. She waited for a particular moment, one rapidly approaching, whose exact location in time had been determined months previously, perhaps years. She watched for the anomaly, the ripple on the surface of the crowd. Not long now. The girl came and placed before her a steaming bowl, plastic chopsticks wrapped in a napkin, a glass of tea. She picked at the noodles, letting the seconds tick down. She allowed her gaze to float and settle. Float and settle. 
Nothing. Nothing but the bark and clatter of the restaurant. Steam rising from the bowls and curling in the afternoon light. The ruddy-faced men leaning into their food, pouring the sorghum spirit from the little green bottles, tossing it back. Time. Now. She laid her chopsticks down, got shakily to her feet, one hand leaning on the table, the other clutching her purse. The sweet waitress was there, asking if she needed anything. Cessure? she said. Toilet. The girl gestured to the back of the restaurant. A corridor. Eileen Poon tottered past the busy tables down the corridor, past stacks of greasy chairs, an empty fish tank. The noise receded. The door to the toilet was of plywood and stood half open. She went in, felt for a light switch, locked the door.